0: for the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great programs. And thank you so much to not only the Discover Community Network, where the Lakers Fast Break also gets played each and every week, but our new station, the RTF Sports Network. We cannot thank you enough for allowing us onto your station every Tuesday night. We're so glad to be a part of it. And for everyone out there that isn't aware of the RTF Sports Network, for some great sports shows, you got to go ahead and check it out today. RTFSportsNetwork.com. That's RTFSportsNetwork.com. Well, he's back again. It's my good friend. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, to start off on an Oscars note, It was a great time at the Oscars with an upset that was truly made to order. Oscars deal and pop culture cosmos. Absolutely, we did. And thank you again for joining us right here at the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. And yes, we did, Tom. Uh, We did have a great Oscars weekend celebrating the victory for parasite so if you want to check out our thoughts on that both the predictions on friday and also as well our recap of the oscars you can check it out today at pop culture cosmos and we thank you so much for doing so if that's the case i mean i saw parasite i'll let you know that just starting off on a different note than what we normally do it is an excellent movie it is well deserving of the award It was, for me, the number two movie of last year that I saw, and it is the best of the nominated films, so I think it is well-deserved. Am I surprised? Yes. I clearly said I would be surprised if that film won because of the hurdles it would have to overcome, being the first foreign language film to ever win the Oscar for Best Picture. And people thought, okay, it won for Best International Film. That's good enough. But no, obviously, that wasn't the case. Uh, it is a great film. I highly recommend it. Uh, like I said, it was, for me, number two overall over the year uh, for the year 2019 and then uh, a best of the nominated film. So I'm very pleased that it won. I just didn't think it
1: would. Well, well, who's the number one film in your mind there?
0: Uh, the Farewell with Aquafina. Aquafina ah, gave okay. the best performance of last year, in my opinion, and The Farewell, I recommend truly, truly, truly very much thought it was uh, ripped off from several nominations, so I was very disappointed to see that. But you know what, hey, that's the Oscars. Uh, congrats to Parasite, well-deserved, and I'm just so happy that to see a very good film that, you know, it's not too controversial. I know 1917 w- had won a lot of awards leading mm-hmm. up to it, but, and I know it's a great film, but I don't think a lot of people are upset that Parasite won because of the fact that it is that underdog
1: type film. Right. All right. Well, I was kind of—I was kind of surprised myself, but uh, I job. know a good lot of job. people
0: were surprised. It had only yeah. won a couple of awards, like Spirit Awards and things of that nature, right. just leading up to it, and SAG too. I think uh, it had just won a couple of those awards uh, for the most part. Nineteen Seventeen and won the Golden Globes and what whatnot. So, uh, you know, a lot of people were choosing Parasite. But I will say right now that speaking of underdogs the Lakers after the trade deadline are now can be considered a definite underdog in over the overall race towards the NBA finals, because they have now got a little bit even steeper challenge because a lack of activity at the trade deadline has caused a lot of people to shift even further into the camps of the Milwaukee Bucks and also as well, the Los Angeles Clippers. But what can I say? It's just, you know i i know we talked about rob palenka getting that extension in january and i said he had to prove it to me (laughs) well he hasn't proven it to me yet and i'm kind of disappointed that they went ahead and got you know before everything laid itself out during the course of the season gave that money out because i think there should have been some activity at the trade deadline and unfortunately there wasn't yeah
1: i was kind of a I have to admit that I was really shocked that we didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Um, and in fact, I pretty much stirred up the hornet's nest on lakerholics.net by taking a position that I, I thought it was a massive mistake. Um, I would have, uh, I would have, uh, taken a deal for Danny green and Kyle Kuzma for sure. Um, I think what's really fascinating about it is the double, the contract, the contradictory stories that have come out from the press on what has actually really happened in that transaction. Uh, Cause we had Romina, Ramona Shelburne come out and say pretty much that, that the Lakers were offered that deal and turned it down. Um, and then you had Broderick Turner come out and, completely contradict her by basically saying that the Lakers offered Green and Kuzma as their first offer. And the Knicks surprisingly turned it down, even with a backstory that the Mavericks were all ready to to trade a draft pick for Danny Green if if the Knicks had pulled that trade off. Uh, And then the Knicks supposedly, according to Rob Turner, Came back and offered uh, or, or counter-offered that they would like to have Avery Bradley, Danny Green, and Kyle Kuzman a second-round draft pick for Morris. And the Lakers turned that down. Um it's kind of a fascinating double story, and we haven't heard any I haven't heard anything more about the contradiction between the two of them. Um so I've spun it in my favor because I was extremely disappointed in. Uh, as you know, uh, we differ a little bit in how how much we think of Rod Palenka at this point or at what point he's proven himself as the Lakers uh, vice president of basketball operations. I thought he's done a splendid job, and I was really angry that he didn't take the Danny Green-Kyle uh, Kuzma thing. Um, but the other side of it is that I would not have traded DeMarcus Cousins. I've always felt that DeMarcus Cousins is the ace in the hole in that he's he's one of the main reasons that Andrew, Anthony Davis will stay with the Lakers, and he is forecast in my mind as a guy that the Lakers will will use their full MLE, MLE next year or a good portion of it to sign him to a two year deal in order to earn his bird rights and be able to overpay him whatever they have to to make sure that he is the stride center that the Lakers actually need to have next to uh, next to Anthony Davis. So at least in my spin, I'm able to uh, retain my confidence in Rob Palenka for not making the deal with Cousins, hanging on to that fact that Cousins is sort of like our red shirt star quarterback, if you will, for next season. Um, and we'll see what happens in the uh, in the buyout market. Um, but that wasn't even just the, uh, the failure to get Morris that was depressing. It was two other things that sort of happened simultaneously. The first being Kyle Kuzma, who had had two very aggressive games right before the trade deadline, where he yanked down 12 and 16 rebounds and, and was really hustling like everything all over the court. And then he comes in and throws out two dud games where he basically scores four points and then in the next game has four turnovers. Um, So that was disappointing. That was not the kind of response that you wanted to see from that young man after surviving and after surviving the trade deadline. And then we have Darren Collison, the Jehovah's witness, uh, totally turning around and saying, you know what? I'm not going to come back to the NBA. And this is after the Lakers hosted him at, at, uh, a game at Staples center, sitting next to Jeannie bus, had conversations with Anthony Davis, um, supposedly went in. I have heard double stories again, contradictions that, he either went into the locker room after the game or he didn't go into the locker room after the game. Um, but at any rate, you had those two disappointments and, and you know, it. the Lakers are the underdog. I think you're absolutely right, Gerald. Um, and in some ways, maybe that's good. Uh, but then you look at how they played the last two games. Um, and they played just like Kyle Kuzma played. LeBron looked very mortal. Um, AD looked like... A guy who couldn't get his own shot. Um, we had some good signs. Avery Bradley shooting lights out all of a sudden from from everywhere, and, that, and that's definitely a good sign. But the defense doesn't look anything like it was originally. Um, and we almost lost. Uh, we lost. We did lose to the Rockets in their new uh, super small ball. And we almost lost to the uh, to the Golden State Warriors. Um. And it seems obvious that you know. I mean, the same night the Clippers got wiped, they gave up 140 points to the uh, Timberwolves with, without D'Angelo Russell and and with uh, both uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the lineup. Um, so it's you know it, it's definitely the dog days of the NBA. Everybody's looking forward to the break at the All Star. Uh, for the all-star game and so forth. And, uh, you know, I, it's hard to not be disappointed a little bit in the Lakers. I thought there were a lot of options there. Um, After, after I heard about the Morris trade, I was even willing to, to entertain your, your proposals for the other Morris, who at least I thought could be, you know, be a, uh, uh, a stretch five to play alongside uh, uh, Anthony Davis when LeBron sits. So, um it'll be interesting to see. We got we got a game tonight that should be a cakewalk. And then we have a tough game against the Nuggets on Wednesday night. So it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers respond to these two games, how Kyle Kuzma responds to those games. Uh and then thank God we've got the break for the All-Star game uh, over the weekend and and hopefully the Lakers will regroup, uh get their mojo back and and be ready to take on the rest of the league and uh, all through this entire mess, we've managed to stay number four in offensive rating, number five in defensive rating, number three in net rating. And we've actually increased our lead now to four full games in the loss column uh, over the Clippers and the Nuggets. So everything is not terrible. You know, I think that we're in a pretty good shape. Um All of the guys that we were, I mean, I was hoping we would get Collison and Williams. Both of them are gone at this point in time. Now it looks like, thank God, we've got a great relationship with uh, Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. Um, Because it looks like the logical candidates uh, or candidate, if you will, depending on how many moves we make, uh, are going to be Dion Waiters, who's a Clutch client, and J.R. Smith, who's a Clutch client. (laughs) Um, Waiters, Waiters could be... He could very well be another version of Dwight Howard. That's what you'd have to hope for if the Lakers were willing to sign him. Um, he did play with LeBron for a brief period with the Cavaliers, and that didn't turn out well. They turned around and traded him. Um, but Waiters has talent. He can distribute the ball. He's averaged, you know, three point eight uh, or three point three assists per game over the last two seasons before this sort of ill-fated season where he's only played a few games. Um, and he can score. He can create his own shot, and he can create for others. Um, he's not a bad defender. He, yeah. Uh, you, you just have to worry about what kind of head he's in. You know, he's sort of like Dwight Howard was—a guy that you just didn't know if he could ever get on the same page as the rest of the team. You know, uh, has a reputation as a selfish player, and uh, you know, you probably got to watch out for giving him gummies on the plane, um, and be careful of this whole thing. But If there's a team in the league that can take a player like that and turn them around, I think it's a team with the leadership that you've got of LeBron James and and Anthony Davis. Um, And I'm sure that if they were, if they do sign waiters or even sign J.R. Smith, it will only be after Anthony Davis and LeBron James, both approve that situation and feel comfortable with doing that. Um, so that's, that's sort of my summary of how I saw the the entire debacle of the uh, trade deadline and the Clippers moving ahead of the Lakers, the uh, Bucks picking up Williams, who had, they obviously had lined up before Williams ever negotiated a buyout. Uh, so both of those teams made advances. And then there's an argument to be made that the Miami Heat could be in the playoff picture at this point in time as a possible threat in in the East, the, the Toronto Raptors, you just can't keep ignoring those guys. They keep winning games. Uh, They have a versatile defense, a great coach who makes great adjustments. Um, And who knows in the West, the, the Rockets, the Rockets are a scary team. If they, if they hit a lot of threes, they can take anybody down in a seven game series and the small ball, you know, d'antoni and and maury are going to go out in a flame of glory or they're going to go out in a flame of debacle one way or the other they're putting all their money on on the ultimate analytics team and uh, uh they've got the right guys to do it you know we're signaling the ref for a quick timeout,
0: but we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where...
1: promoted and this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics
0: that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse every week on apple podcasts and over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options once again i'm speaking to tom wong i know him as tom wong you know him as laker tom be part of the conversation today at the site he owns that is lakerholics.net Also as well, you can check out his great articles. He posts two to three times a week on Medium, and then it also transfers over to Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. This is the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. This is Gerald Glassford. I cannot thank you enough for being part of today's show. I'm from Pop Culture Cosmos and also Inside Sports Fantasy Football, but I also want to give a big shout-out to Discover Community Network, which we're now being played on. You can catch our show there as well. And our brand new sports network that we're on now, that's the RTF Sports Network. You want to go ahead and check out our show today and all the other great sports shows, the uh, all the stuff that goes on the inside, the pro wrestling, anything related to sports, check it out today at RTF Sports Network. You want to go ahead and check it out there as well. We're on Tuesday nights there, so I cannot thank them enough for picking our show up for a great season of Lakers Fast Break Basketball. And you... Seemed to pile it up all there on the uh, you know full recap and whatnot, but I want to go ahead and break it down piece by piece. It was the trade deadline, uh, you know, and there was a lot of speculation on what the Lakers would do. And you mentioned that previously, that the you know that Rob Palenka himself was you know, he, he did have a lot to go through, and we discussed that on last week's program. But I, uh, you know, it, it looks like the offers that were there. They were asking maybe a little bit too much in the New York Knicks side, but they seemed to get a lot in return. I would have still held out for Landry Shamet if I would have been the Knicks.
1: Uh, yeah, I would have too. Uh, and you know, I think they could have gotten it just because, especially after the Lakers dropped out. You know, they still yeah. had thirty minutes to go before when the Lakers said we're pulling Kuzma and we're not going to make a deal.
0: Yeah, I would have taken. I would have asked for Landry Shamet on top of the deal and the four, first round pick, Ammo Harkless. I think they could have gotten it because if they would have been in a bidding war with the Lakers, uh, you know, just to keep the, the the Marcus Morris or keep Marcus Morris away right. from the from the Lakers, I would have done that. But you know, that's Nick. The Knicks they're in a state of disarray anyways, bringing on presidents, firing presidents anyways. So
1: it's a state. Well, of you know, ed- It's really weird that there there's talk now uh, that they're probably going to wave heartless, buy him out which means that basically they traded Marcus Morris for a first-round draft pick. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much at this point in time.
0: And, it's, you know, who knows how high it's going to be of a first-round draft pick, but we'll right. have to wait and see. And I know Leon Rose, I believe, is going to be the new president of the New York Knicks pretty soon. I mean, he's bringing in some uh, people that I think will do a much better job going forward for that team. But, yes, yeah, you know, i got to scratch my head on on why the Knicks did what they did, because they could have gotten more out of the Clippers, I think, in my personal opinion. Uh, and I'll mention that. Hopefully, I will get a chance to talk to my good friend, Anthony Barber who is a beloved Clippers fan who should be kind of on a high or was on a real high. I know he texted me back and forth. He was one, of, I got to be on the show, got to be on the show again. And unfortunately they happened to get destroyed in Memphis or oh, Minnesota, actually. Right. And, you know, that kind of put the damper on things, but I hopefully we'll get him on this week for the program so we can go ahead and talk Lakers versus Clippers and, and how everything is going there. But right now, all the pundits, all the prognosticators, they're also pushing the idea of Milwaukee, which did get Marvin Williams, a veteran forward from the Cleveland Hornets in a buyout. 33 years old, but still can play decent defense, and he's almost a 40% shooter from the three-point area, so that's always attractive. And then, of course, like I mentioned, Marcus Morris at 43% three-point and also as well a very good defender and can play the small ball five. He moves over to the Clippers and makes them a more enticing team. They did get Isaiah Thomas, but did end up waiving him, so he is now available on the open marketplace. One name that you didn't mention – was Tyler Johnson, who is just weighed by Phoenix, who plays a combo role of both point guard and shooting guard. Kind of intriguing. I'm not saying he's the answer. In fact, everything off the buyout market right now hasn't been the answer because I do not share your faith in J.R. Smith. I still have that imprinted in my brain, the look LeBron gave when (laughs) J.R. Smith made that terrible mistake in the NBA Finals that will forever be de- go down in history along with Chris Weber. Those two mistakes are probably right up there, one and two, as far as bonehead yep. plays in a crucial situation. And, Shaq and a fool. Yeah, Shaq and a fool, indeed. But you also have Dion Waiters. And I'm sorry, I'm not going on Waiters Island once again because you know, gummy bears aside, there's some real issues there on why he's being let go after being such a productive player. I mean, also the stability gets injured quite a bit. And, and you know, that's with most of these guys that are on the buyout market, that's part of the problem is injury woes. So take a look at Tyler Johnson, take a look at Dion waiters, take a look at all the different players that are out there. Isaiah and they're Thomas, all free agents
1: next year too. You and, know? They're, and they're
0: all free agents and they're all have been injured in the recent past. So they all have a history of, uh, you know, not being able to suit up when you need them the most. So, I'm kind of worried about each and every one of them, so I'm not exactly thrilled with any of the options or overjoyed with any of the options. But I think of them, Tyler Johnson, again, a point guard slash shooting guard. He's a combo guard. May be able to be effective playing on the ball and off the ball enough. He shoots about 37.5% right now from the three-point line. So decent which may be good enough to spell, you know, as far as LeBron and when he goes out of the game for those crucial five to 10 minutes a game that you want to go ahead in the playoffs. I mean, he may be able to be that playmaker. He's young enough to be that playmaker that uh, the Lakers kind of need, but whether or not he has the ability to do, do that, I don't know. That remains to be seen. So we're going to have to take a look at that. I mean, your impressions of Tyler Johnson, they're not great with me, but then again, I'm not exactly thrilled by what's on the buyout market mm-hmm. at this point
1: in time. Yeah'm I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat as you. I, I happen to think that I think that there's a chance that we might give waiters a look. but again as I said, it would have to be because he, you would have to convince LeBron and ad that he was going that, that he's understood what the Lakers were about. And that's probably a long shot at best. J.R. Smith, uh, I tend to feel the same way as you do, that you have the additional problem that he hasn't played for six months. You know, he hasn't played since December of, of 2018, actually. So it's it's like 18 months. Um, I think if there's a player out there who might interest the Lakers, you know, the biggest two problems we had was the the lack of uh, of a second playmaker when LeBron sits. Uh, and another bigger wing to guard the top scoring wings on other teams. So I think the first one, the playmaking thing, it's not as serious as as people put it out to be simply because once we get into the playoffs, LeBron's going to be in that game for 40 minutes a game. So I'm going to leave you about eight minutes that you've got to cover with somebody else. And I do think there is a solution to doing that. I wrote an article in, uh, in Medium, and, and I've been pushing it on Twitter and, and at Lakerholics.net, basically, that uh, the solution is Anthony Davis to be the second playmaker um, surrounded by a bunch of three-point shooters. Um, but also, I think that the staying staying on the subject of the uh, defensive wing that we could knees, I, I definitely think that Harkless would be a, pos- a possible option. Um, I know that the Mavericks feel like they have a lead into him, um, and the Knicks have not committed that they're going to do a buyout, although they've supposedly told him that if he was willing to do it, they would. Um, he wouldn't have to move. He could stay in Los Angeles, he can get a measure of revenge. Uh, the only reason he was a starter for most of the year for the Clippers was his defense. He's 6'7, 220. Um, long arms, so he's got a good reach, and he's probably a better option for defending a guy like uh, Kawhi Leonard than Danny Green is, or or KCP, or any of the other defenders that the Lakers have. He's got a little extra height and size to do that. Um, and right now, he's really the only he's really the only buyout candidate that I think could have an impact on the Lakers at this point in time, other than possibly Waiters, if he was able to somehow recreate the same pathway that Dwight Howard did.
0: But therein lies the problem. I mean, you know, it's more than halfway into the season, and he could have had those opportunities. He only got to play a handful of games in Miami before being traded. Played Uh, well in that handful of games, though, I have to admit. Well, uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, and About 47% from deep. Uh, you know, that's, that's just a sample size. So we'll have to wait and see if it's yeah. like three or four, three or four games. And, and, you know, if you approach LeBron and say your choices are A, Dion Waiters going back to, you know, dock into Waiters Island once again, or B, you have J.R. Smith. Both of whom are clutch clients, Gerald. It, it doesn't matter both of them I'm sure part at some of the point family, of time, man both of them I'm sure at some point in time LeBron wanted to go ahead and you know give them some type of gut yeah, punch they, they, they both know. have a history with LeBron yeah, yeah and and it's not always that great you know some of it's good some of it's not so good so I mean with LeBron I think you got to go ahead and and maybe try something different I, I think again I'm not saying Tyler Johnson's the answer but I'm saying maybe someone else is. I mean, you've talked about other people that have other players, I should say, that are in the process of possibly being bought out. I mean, this buyout market I was hoping would, you know, transpire a little bit faster, a little bit quicker. At least before the All-Star break, you would have some sort of definitive answer by now on who the Lakers would be getting or would be interested in or would be obtaining. But yeah, the fallout from Darren Collison not just you know deciding not to be a part of either the Lakers or the Clippers, that's a killer, uh, and that's that's a real ding in the armor for either you know either one the Clippers or the Lakers because yeah. both had a great use for his skills and his talents.
1: Yeah, you know they're I spent a lot of time just thinking about this whole situation, and and I. It's kind of ironic. I I did a I've been playing around with the new tweet series that you can create, and I created a series of tweets that focused on uh, Anthony Davis and and basically what to do with the uh, the whole situation of when you know we do we're almost an unbeatable team when you got LeBron and AD on the floor. The net ratings are just off of the roof, uh, and then. AD goes out and LeBron stays on the floor and it's still, you know, we're still a a team that just destroys everybody. The problem comes that when you put LeBron sits and AD comes on the floor, we actually have a negative rating. This is with a top five player on the team. And a lot of that criticism, I think, has to go to Frank Vogel for the adjustments that he's made. Vogel, at the start of the year when he was first talked about as a coach, a lot of people a lot of people commented that they felt that he was still left in the previous era before analytics pre-analytics because basically he he didn't he really believed in defense first, but he also believed that offense started in a post inside out rather than outside in and I think the game has pretty much flipped that around you know you can still say that defense starts at at the at the inside-out situation. But if you want to play offense in the modern NBA, um, I think it's pretty well been determined that it's an outside game right now. It's drive and kick. It's getting open three points or, or attacking the basket. And Frank, while well, he has embraced that and said that he's changed his philosophy in that respect, what still remains is that he comments about players, some players, like Rizan Rondo, that basically he doesn't, he doesn't go entirely by the statistics when it comes to a guy like Rondo. And when you go back and look at the problems that the Lakers have had when AD has been going solo, a big problem has been it's always always with Rondo as the point guard. And you can even find some of the Kuzma fans screaming bloody murder because when Kuzma gets an opportunity to play with a second unit a lot of the time, it's also with Rondo as the playmaker. So I've come to the conclusion that there is a way for the Lakers to not do anything as far as bringing in players from the buyout market or free agent market, but just to keep the exact same roster. But what they need to do is whenever LeBron leaves the lineup, they need to do several things. The first of which is, Bench on Rondo. The second is, don't put another big guy out there who's a non-shooter, who is a non-threat, like JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard. Instead, I think that they should play Dudley. I know that you are not a big Dudley fan, but Dudley Dudley is shooting 50% on three-point shots. He's hit 16 of 32 threes he's taken. He has the lowest Catch this! He has—he is the only Laker with a defensive rating under 100. So he's a guy that's a as a crafty guy, and if you put him out there with three guards who can shoot the ball, Danny Green—it could be Danny Green, Avery Bradley, and uh, and um, KCP. It could be you could uh you could include Daniels in there at times. You could include. Uh, Caruso in there at times if he's being aggressive and taking a shot. But the whole point of the thing is that what Anthony Davis needs to do to be successful, he's the number two playmaker on the team. He averages three and a half assists per game. There's not another player on the team other than Rondo at 5.4 and LeBron at 11 that even has more than two assists per game. So what you want to do is you need to spread the floor. You need to make sure that, that he's got room to operate. I look at the comments made by the Clippers. Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard were both raving about Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris didn't hardly had any impact on the score or in the stats, but the one thing he did is when you put another shooter out there, it created more space, and they were just impressed as hell at the space it was created because of Morris's gravity as a three-point shooter. And if the Lakers would surround LeBron with or surround Anthony Davis with four elite three-point shooters, they can still have a good defensive lineup. They can have they can have Dudley guard the center and let let AD roam around so he doesn't have to bang inside. And I'm positive that this lineup would unleash him so that he could really become the kind of player that you want. Cuz right now every time he goes in there he's got two non-threats that are out there on the court. I mean, how many times have you seen guys in the Lakers drive have a beautiful drive to the basket, fire the ball out to an open three-point shooter, and lo and behold, the open three-point shooter is Rajon Rondo. And then everything falls apart. He hesitates or, or he takes a shot and misses it. Or how many times do you see you, you drive into the center and there's two or three guys waiting for AD to, AD to attack the rim simply because you've got JaVale McGee or, or Dwight Howard in the game and that's a whole different game. The big success that A.D. had in the playoffs two years ago when they swept the Portland Trailblazers and Dame Lillard was all based upon having a great three-point shooter at center, and that was DeMarcus Cousins. And this is why I believe the Lakers did not trade Cousins. It's also why I think the New York Knicks wanted to get Cousins. They wanted to get Cousins and hope that they could steal Anthony Davis over the summer. Cousins basically was on par before he got injured to, hit, to shoot three hundred threes threes at 36%. The very next year, the guy who did that was the first in the history of the NBA to ever do that as a center, and it was Brooke Lopez for the Milwaukee Bucks, and it's what took the Milwaukee Bucks from a so-so team to, and, and, and freed the court up for Giannis, for Giannis to really attack the rim. So the Lakers have to use that same philosophy. I believe that I believe very much that Palinka is never going to let go of Cousins at this point in time. He's got him on the bench sitting next to LeBron and AD. They love all those two guys, love him, and he's going to be the center of the future for the Lakers. But they can take a step forward right now, and this is and do the same thing with Dudley. It's not as gonna be like having DeMarcus Cousins in there. Dudley can shoot the three, and he can play pretty good stand-up defense. He he understands verticality. He knows he makes the right rotations and so forth. He doesn't have the athleticism he did before. He's not quick as he was before. He'll get beat in certain times, but he's also going to have Anthony Davis roaming free on defense, and he's going to have four guys on offense that can basically they can't leave any of those four guys open or they'll hit shots. And that's the kind of spacing and freedom that Anthony Davis needs in order for him to carry the second unit and be the second superstar on this team. We'll
0: be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. you can catch what he's doing today also at his articles that he does two to three times a week on medium.com. Or you can catch him also as well on Twitter at Laker Tom. He's very active there and loves to get your responses, either which way he's going ahead and, and it will actually respond in kind, either which way, whether you're for or against what he's talking about. But also you'll catch him on Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. Once again, if you have any questions for us, we're at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. You can also go ahead and send us an email, old-fashioned email, LakersFastbreak at Yahoo.com. And also thank you so much again to the Discover Community Network. Also, want to thank as well our newest and our latest sports network that we're now on. You want to go ahead and catch us today on every Tuesday night on the RTF Sports Network. That is the RTF Sports Network every Tuesday night, but also catch all the other great shows that they have there at rts at rtfsportsnetwork.com well my friend i tell you what things have to improve with the lakers overall as far as their standard of play because their defense which was their calling card the first portion of the season when they got that gaudy record and you and i were living high off the hog and everything was great and everything was dandy that seems to have gone away uh, with both the lakers and the clippers I mean, there have they've been very porous, both of them defensively, in the past couple weeks. I've I've taken great notice with this. Only the Milwaukee Bucks, I think, have actually kept their focus because I think Milwaukee's really driving towards something, which is kind of scary at this point in time. But you know, you see the lack of focus, some bad habits. I think has been talked about a lot when it comes to what we're seeing on screen. A lot of analysts are saying that there's a lot of. Um, bad habits that they're doing at this point in the season. And that happens over the course of, of an 82-game season, which is unfortunate, especially for Lakers fans. But we saw, I don't know, this past weekend with the Golden State Warriors, I'm just going to say this, my friend. It was one of the worst wins I've ever seen with the Lakers perform, at least this year, maybe any year, because they looked absolutely awful but yet, because they were playing against a glorified G League team, they were up by 21 and still had to fight to win ultimately in the end because they were just playing so badly, so sloppy, so you know, so lax on defense. They just totally did not give any credit at all to Golden State. And the thing is, again, as I've told you, this comes around to what we'll probably be seeing later this year. Not this season, but later this calendar year when Golden State gets all of its guys back. And all those young guys, all those G leagues, that you know, players that they've signed to contracts, they're going to be getting that kind of experience. And they're going to round out what could be a very decent bench and a very cheap bench for them going forward that could be ready to play and ready to play hard when all the main guys come back, which could make Golden State scary. So I've got another point to lead into this, but I want to hear your thoughts when it comes to the Lakers this past weekend. And how they need to snap out of it because you know, playing against a Golden State team like that in that way, in that bad, isn't going to get it done on virtually any other team.
1: Well, if you look at the two games that they played after the trade deadline, I, I, I think the first problem started with the game against the uh, Rockets. Um, that should have been a game where you knew the Rockets were going to come out and try to shoot 60 or seventy threes. Okay, and for old school NBA fans who think that the three point shot has changed the game in negative may, you still have to understand that three points counts more than two points, and you cannot, you cannot have a differential of made three point shots of ten, which the Lakers did. I mean, they made you know ten. 10 more three-point shots for the Rockets equals 30 more points. It all, you can dominate the boards and do whatever you want to do. It's almost impossible to make up 30 points. Now, the next night, the one thing they did better against a poor team, the Boyers, was they at least won the three-point battle by three points, 14 over 13. They dominated the boards. They killed them on the boards, but the problem was turnovers. We had so many turnovers, we gave them 11 points in turnover differential, and we had about 12 points in free throw differential. The Warriors made 12 more free throws. LeBron hardly ever gets to the line, and that's really just a, a total crime in and of itself. If the if they, refs would give him the little bumps that, that all of the other superstars seem to get, that Harden seems to get, no matter what you do, they would be fine. But The combination of LeBron, just LeBron was mortal LeBron. You talk about playoff Rondo. Well, one thing we can't have happen for the Lakers is if we don't have superstar LeBron, we're in trouble. Because AD still basically is putting up numbers. But, you know, it's just like it was, to be honest, in New Orleans. He put up a lot of numbers, but you didn't win a lot of games because of those numbers. It still comes down to a player like LeBron carrying the Lakers and the Lakers live and die with LeBron, um, which is why Collison's would have been such a terrific help to the team. Um, I don't know what the solution is. Part of it is, part of it is obviously effort at this point in time. Um, It's a long grinding season, 82 games. As my wife always reminds me when she says another Laker game this week. Uh, It's, you know, it's always on and, you know, and it's, it's like, it's like a job to commute, you know, you got to get in that plane and they got to go to these games and they got to show up for practice and so forth. And, and it, and it, it's grueling. And I think at this point in time, they need to break off. Uh, I'm just hoping that they can manage to hang on. The good part is that that malaise is sort of spread around the league and everybody, except for maybe the Milwaukee Bucks have been blowing games, you know, and, and remarkably through this stretch, we, we still hold that four game lead in the loss column. So I'm not a, I'm not as worried about that. I'm I'm really more worried about what adjustment Frank Vogel will make to the offense. I think that we'll get our mojo back defensively. Um I think that the big key is what we, what do we do when AD goes solo? Do we still stick him in with a with a big man down in the dunker spot and with Rajon Rondo running the offense? If we do that, Boy, it's going to be a long season, you know. I think I, I think that we could even lose our home court advantage if we continue to do that because the plus minuses are so negative when Rondo's running the offense that you know it's like a handicap. Um, I know that LeBron and AD really respect and trust Rondo, but there's a and so does Frank Bogle, But there's a point there's a point that we've reached where they've got to take a look at the numbers and say. We've got to try something different, and the only thing different to try, really, to be honest, is to go small. And even if AD doesn't want to play center, put somebody else in there. Bring up K. from you know from the from the uh, G League and let him be the the small ball center. Do something to keep the team going when AD when when LeBron sits down. Um, otherwise. I think the it'll be a struggle. We may lose home court advantage or we may wear LeBron out by the time we get to the playoffs. And neither one of those is a solution for us to head into the playoffs in the right step. So right now it all sticks. It's all on Frank Vogel's head as far as I'm concerned. He needs to make some adjustments and he needs to come to some reality about Rajon Rondo. Um, you can bet that Rondo was just surprised, probably thrilled that Collison wasn't going to join the team. He's probably the only guy on the team who was thrilled that Collison wasn't going to join, other than maybe Troy Daniels, who thought he might get cut. Um, I don't think we have to cut anybody, but we definitely have to. We definitely need some help from our coaching staff, and I would say this also applies to Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma's got to start showing something. He's got to start showing some fire and and come out there and and start to play the way that we expected him to play. If we don't get a contribution from him, it's going to exacerbate the impact of not signing anybody and not making a deal at the trade deadline. Um, and he's a talented player. We need something from him going forward, a lot more than what we're getting at this point in time. Um, and I think part of that problem is also on Frank Vogel. You know, it's the combinations of where he's putting him. Um, I don't think he's a good enough three-point shooter at this point in time that i put him out there with the four guys that I'd surround AD with. But maybe we've got to put him out there because at least he'll have more room to operate at that particular time. Uh, The truth of the matter is is that he's probably better playing with LeBron than without him because he's really not a guy who gets his own shot. He's a guy who who can make great cuts to the basket and so forth. Um, I'd like to see him put an aggressive rebounding stance on like he did – during those first two, those last two games before the trade deadline, um, he had, was a, did an impressive job hustling on the offensive glass and defensive glass for rebounds. Um, but again, you know, players have certain players have certain strengths and weaknesses, and it's up to the coaching staff to find the right situations in order to emphasize their strengths and minimize their weaknesses. And Frank Vogel, I think, has done a terrific job coaching the Lakers. But the job's not done yet, and he needs to make the right moves as we go for the rest of the season in order to hold on to the home court advantage um, and see what happens. Right now, it looks like if, if the standings held, we'd uh, we'd be playing the Grizzlies in the first round, then either the Mavericks or the Rockets in the second round, and obviously the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, and and I think either the uh, either the Bucks or the Raptors or the Celtics, maybe even from the East, the Celtics, Celtics keep playing well. We've only got a few minutes left. So I ask you this, my friend, I'm going to, I've still got three
0: things I want to touch on. And first is there was a comment on one of the Lakers podcasts that are Mm -hmm. out there. Not quite as good as ours, of course, but one of the Lakers podcasts that are out there. One of the uh, individuals that was on the show commented that they had a hard time understanding or believing that the Lakers should have a championship or bust mentality that a lot of the Lakers fans out there and also the Lakers organization has and I was kind of taken aback by that because the fact that you know they should have a championship or bust mentality I mean LeBron is not getting any younger AD is a free agent you don't know what's going to happen next with injuries and things of that nature. And again, I will mention, as I've already mentioned to you several times over the course of the season already, Golden State gets healthy, and you also have these other teams. I mean, you look at the top, what, let's say the top seven teams. Let's throw up Memphis right now because Memphis is still a team that's growing. It's on right. the way up, and they've got a great future going forward for them. You've got to take a look at these seven teams, and maybe you can throw out Oklahoma City because they'll be doing some reshuffling because of some free agency and things of that nature. So let's take these six teams. Those six teams, top six teams in the West right now, they're not going to go ahead and uh, intentionally take a step back. They all are going to take steps to go ahead and improve upon what they're doing right now. Plus, again, like I said, you got Golden State. You have Portland, which obviously, with the veteran nature that they have, will try to go ahead and make improvements and tweaks as well. So, yes, there should be a championship or bust mentality because the West is only going to get more contested, only going to get a lot more problematic for the Lakers going forward. I'm not even talking about now or for the rest of the season. I'm talking about going forward because you never know what's going to happen. You don't know that Giannis is going to land here in 2021. You don't know AD is going to sign on the dot line for sure in 2020. So I ask you, my friend, what is the concept of why somebody would actually say that? Because it, to me, was kind of troubling. Because the Lakers should have a championship or bus mentality. Because right now, they need to get it done. Because this is their window. And their window might be closing faster than you think.
1: I agree 100% with you, Gerald. Their window is actually two years. They have they have two guaranteed years left on LeBron James contract. But you don't know what kind of
0: LeBron you're getting next yeah. year. You don't LeBron know this do, time is going to. I mean, as, the as well as well like LeBron has
1: been, as well as LeBron has been playing. We've seen signs that we haven't seen the previous year of his. I mean, just look at the just look at the game with the Warriors. Another factor for the Warriors that you didn't mention is they're going to get a very high draft pick this year. Absolutely. And uh, and let me tell you, Andrew Wiggins is a very talented player. His motors his motors got a question, but the kid can play, um, and he's a perfect fit for for them. Much better fit for him. You know, that was a great job that they did in pulling off that trade. And they um, got a
0: first round pick on top of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I definitely, I definitely feel like the Lakers, the one thing that I think I've drawn a line on and, in, in you know, I've even gotten to the point where I would have been willing to move THT at the trade deadline. And I so he's a kid that I think has great potential, but he's only 19 years old. He's like two years away from being a potential candidate to even get any roster time. He's not ready at all. He's just, he's not even the best player on the the South Bay Lakers but he has terrific potential. Uh, Cousins is the one big thing that I think is is a play for the future. But other than that, the Lakers, the Lakers basically, you look at all of the guys on this team, and there are very few people who, there are very few players on this team that I expect to be there two years from now. And that pretty much says that, the Lakers are in a win-now mode, and anybody, I think, and I don't know who, I didn't hear that, I didn't listen to that same podcast, but my reaction would have been the same as you, that that person is crazy. The Lakers are on a total win-now mentality. They're playing a few, they're keeping a few little cards in their shirt pocket, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, and and maybe not trading a second-round pick next year. you know. Uh, but when we get down to this summer, and Kyle Kuzma is probably going to get traded, I wouldn't be surprised if Danny Green got traded. And even if we win a championship, I think that's the same thing is going to happen. I think that you're you're going to be seeing a lot of action because all of these guys who have no trade contracts at this point in time, next summer they'll be able to be traded. And so KCP is not going to be safe. You know, JaVale McGee is not going to be safe because Cousins is coming back to the lineup. So I think the Lakers are in a. In a two, They have a championship window right now that's two years. If they can sign AD this summer and that's not a guarantee, I mean, we just saw everybody thought Collison was a guarantee. At one point in time, everybody thought Kawhi was a guarantee. And you're a fool if you think that AD is a guarantee. I mean, that's the main reason why Cousins is still here. Uh, so I, I agree with you 100%. That's a crazy statement to make. The Lakers, more than any other team in the league at this point in time, is in a win-now mentality and should be. We're signaling the ref
0: for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, listener. Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results if the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent outspoken nerds talk about politics social issues current events sports movies pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because well it's our show appeals to you grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist find us wherever you get your podcast just not where you buy your weed Voice from the underground We've got just a couple minutes left, so I do want to touch on a couple things real quick. First off is the week ahead. Tough game coming up in Denver on Wednesday at Denver that will go ahead and and basically set the position where the Lakers are at going into the All-Star break. But then also, like I said, the tough game in Denver that they do need to stay focused on because Denver is now right behind them in the West, three games out. So a lot of things that they have to go ahead for there. Your thoughts on the week ahead for the Lakers?
1: I don't think the I don't think uh, the Phoenix game is a trap game. I think that we'll take them easily. I'm hoping that won't be sloppy. I'm hoping that the little I'm hoping that they got the slop out of their minds. But it all really depends on LeBron. Le- LeBron sets the tone for the game. You know, uh, the way the way the Warriors game started with the ball rolling out of bounds was hilarious. After we win the jump, you know, he and Ad walk over there and they both look at each other while the ball rolls out of bounds. Talk about a harbinger sign of things to come for the rest of the game. The Denver game's a tough game. I think we match up well against Denver, you know, and we handled them last time we were there. They're going to be eager for revenge. Joe Keek is playing much, much better than he was back when we played him last time. And that's got to be a big factor. And I think they'll get our attention. I'm hoping that everybody will be up for that game. We'll get our defensive mojo back and really show them, you know, that they're pretenders and we're the contenders.
0: All right. Before we head on out, once again, I'm talking to Laker Tom. You want to go ahead and see him today at Lakerholics.net. You also want to be a part of a conversation there. It's at Lakerholics.net. And real quickly, so I want to hear your thoughts on why people need to check out your awesome site, Lakerholics.net.
1: You can imagine uh, a lot of activity going on at the site and traffic has been roaring through there uh, with the trade deadline and all of the various things happening. Laker fans are, you know, having a lot of mixed feelings right now. There's a lot of people who are are angry at not doing anything at the trade deadline. or others who are angry at Kuzma for not playing well. And then others who are angry at fans who are angry at Kuzma for not playing well. Almost everybody's angry at Rondo. So that's at least one unifying theme throughout the whole thing. We're worried about human LeBron, you know. You want to have super LeBron. Everybody's a little concerned about how the defense has been going. But that leads to good conversations, and and things have still remained very civil. So it's a place where you can still come and have a lot of fun, regardless of what your opinion is, which side of the argument you're on. You'll still get a lot of respect from the people for what you have to say, and, and that's, I think, what makes the site really unusual for a fan site it's 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 not a bar stool bar room type atmosphere instead it's a, it's an intelligent atmosphere where people are backing up their statements with logical conclusions and some good statistics and and a lot of still a lot of good faith in the, in the Lakers existing roster i think everybody there still feels that we're going to be first in the west and have home court advantage most of them are intelligent enough to accept the fact that Hey, the Clippers may be the favorites at this point in time, but in the end, I think that it comes down to the fact that we still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and a good talented roster, a good coaching staff and a good front office. We may not have agreed with everything that the front office and coaches have done or the way that the team has responded in the last couple of games, but we're here for the long haul and and, uh, all of us bleed purple and gold. Things will be okay.
0: Once again, that's Lakerholics.net. you got to be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. Well, for us, again, if you have any questions, it's at LakersFastBreak on Twitter. Also, as well, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. It is going to be another interesting week to see if the Lakers make any changes. They pick up anybody off the buyout market. We'll be tracking it for you right here. Lakers Fast Break on all of our social media, Facebook also as well twitter and all the nine yards so check it out today be part of it at lakers fast break i'll tell you what tom it's a very interesting time indeed for the lakers they should continue that championship or bust mentality as we head into the all-star break i'm looking forward to it and seeing what's going on with the lakers going forward after that and i'm also hoping that they'll avoid any gummy bears on the way out so, um <laughs> Here's hoping that the Lakers will go ahead and make the right decisions going forward, that they'll go ahead and have a focus again on defense. And we'll be coming back with Laker Tom and talking about all the great things coming up for the rest of the season right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.